Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to the Hiker Podcast. Greetings, everyone. This is Andy, and you're listening to the podcast that gets to know the hiker behind the trekking poles that attempts to demystify hiking, that asks the why questions of hiking, to to get to know why people go on the trail and how the trail has changed them and how they, in turn, are changing the world around them. That is right. This is the Hiker Podcast. I do want to thank our sponsors of the Hiker Podcast, CS Instant Coffee. Go to the link in the description to get the best I mean it, the best trail coffee, instant coffee you can get. CS Instant Coffee, their packaging is biodegradable. It is 100% Arabica beans, amazing stuff. I say this as someone who worked in the coffee industry for like 10 years, the best instant coffee on the trail. Also, our sponsors, Canuck Outdoors, the amazing company that hand makes trekking poles in Portland, Oregon. Yes, our good friends at Canuck, they are amazing. And they are offering you, the Hiker Podcast listeners, 10% off a new pair or single trekking pole. Uh, just put in the, the uh, what's it called? The the, 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 the code, the, the, you know, the thing, the the, uh, the coupon code, Hiker Podcast, or go to the link in the description of this episode. It'll link it all up and you'll get 10% off your trekking poles. Uh, I love Canuck. They have the new physical water bottles, which are replacing what they call the unsmart water bottles for us on the trail. Amazing stuff. Thank you so much to our sponsors. Also, if you want to help out the Hiker Podcast, and I know people don't like the long intros with all this stuff, but you know what? Yeah, whatever. If you want to help out the Hiker Podcast, the best way to do that is leave an Apple Podcast review. Also, go to hikerpodcast.com for all the different ways to listen, have any questions, concerns, gripes, complaints, anything like that. You can email me, Andy, at Hiker Podcast, or follow me on all the various social media networks. By the various social media networks, I mean the one, Instagram. Uh, you can follow Hiker Podcast at Hiker Podcast, or me on Instagram at Andy Films and Hikes. And I am super excited after last week's episode when we had Darwin on and we talked a lot about public lands to have this next episode with Samuel Wolanowski, who is a recent graduate of the Masters of Science in Environmental Education at my alma mater, Southern Oregon University. Uh, before she attended the program, she was a teacher and environmental educator for four years. She believes in utilizing the outdoors as a classroom and making it accessible for all students. We had an amazing conversation because I think as we are being more aware of public lands and the environment, it's important to understand that we need to instill that into the next generation ahead of us and also understand what we need to do as hikers to make sure that we are preserving public lands. We're advocating for public lands. We're leaving no trace. So I had an amazing conversation. See, I mean, uh, we, we, we first started talking like a year ago when I was doing some social media stuff with hiking and she found out I was doing the hiker podcast and she said, I want to talk about this program at Southern Oregon University in public lands. And I'm like, I want you to come on here and talk about that. Um, she is a hiker, mountaineer, skier, paddleboarder, surfer, mountain biker. She does it all. She enjoys the public lands and the public spaces, and she is passionate about educating others about how we can take care of this planet that we're on. So with that said, I'm not going to go much more further, but then to introduce our next guest, environmental educator, Sammy Wolanowski. So in the course of being passionate about being in the outdoors. I met a lot of people online and a lot, and a lot of people who are out in the, the, the world hiking 
and surfing and kayaking and doing everything. If there's one person I've been online, it's our next guest, Sammy Wolinowski, who I look on her Instagram. It's like she takes full advantage of public lands in the best ways possible. If she's not hiking, she's surfing or she's on a river and she's just doing it all. And she is our next guest. Sammy, thank you so much for coming on the Hiker Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me here today, Andy. So I met you through Instagram, like I met a lot of my guests, and you reached out to me about what you're doing, uh, what you're involved in. Kind of just tell our tell our guests who you are, where you come from, and and why you're on the show, why you're on the Hiker Podcast. Hi. So um, I'm originally from Wisconsin, and growing up there, we. We normally for us, nature would be going to the lake or exploring, going up north in in the woods and hunting. But for me, how I really ended up falling in love with nature and wanting, especially falling in love with hiking was when I got to go out to Oregon as a child. I have family that lived around the Portland area. And every summer, my family would road trip out and we would stop along the way to different national parks. And every time we made it to Oregon and it was always some of my most valuable and happiest moments I had with my family was the chance to be able to hike together and share nature together. And we would love to recreate in different ways. Like hiking was something that we all could do together, but we would also go ski together and we would go on the boat wakeboarding together. And each of these different experiences really are what brought us closer together. And so when I was in middle school, I actually started as a ski instructor and my whole family, it was a whole family of ski instructors. And when we were doing that together, that's what really inspired me um, to want to do something in environmental education specifically working with kids in the outdoors and finding ways to engage them also and give them the same love for the outdoors that I had. Uh, So I ended up going to school for teaching and for elementary through middle school. And my senior year is kind of when everything changed. I decided to do an internship at a nature center And while I was there, I got to see when kids connected to nature, the bond that they formed when they understood it and learned about it was like no other. It from then on changed their whole perspective. And I saw how they wanted to change. They saw the problems that were happening and they really wanted to make a difference and figure out what their part could be. So that way this nature would be around for every everyone, for future generations. And so from then on, I moved out to Oregon and I worked for the Outdoor School Initiative. And if listeners don't know about that, um, Measure 99 allows for any fifth and sixth grader in Oregon to go to a whole week of outdoor school for free. And this is an incredible program where kids not only get to hike and learn in nature, they get to learn also how to protect it and how to save it. And so I was fortunate enough to work in this career path for the past five years and be able to work with kids of all ages um, 
in these outdoor wilderness settings. And then it inspired me the last year and a half is when I went for my master's of science in environmental education at Southern Oregon University. Which I have to say is the best university because I went there too, but I went there for film. Um, but I love what I love about Southern Oregon University is this how forward thinking they are. You have the environmental education program, the outdoor adventure leadership program, all the amazing things you don't see at other universities. Um, so you're, you're working with kids. I know myself growing up, I grew up in an educational background where I was taught the environment's fine. People are overdoing it. Um, global warming isn't real. What do you do as an educator to really combat some of the things maybe kids are hearing from other places about the environment? Because, I mean, being here in Southern Oregon, it's pretty easy to see things like global warming happening right in front of us, you know, with the, the Almeida fire and things like that. How do you as an educator instill that into kids without making them like be bitter towards other people in their lives? Yeah, so I would say I like to start off by not even using the word climate change because that's a buzzword that instantly gets a lot of kids to think about what they've learned at home or in school and either positive or negative ideas towards it. So exactly what you talked about, I love to use local examples. And this is also what we like to call place-based education is I like to think of ways in which we are being affected here and right now from climate change and using that as a way then to talk about these bigger global issues and how even, you know, we might be a child or we might be a teenager, or we might be an adult of whatever age, but we can coming together make a difference. But I think starting with that local example to Get, get kids and get adults to see that it is happening and it's real and it's not happening in the future. It's happening now. I've, I, have, I have three kids adopted from foster care and we've tried so many different things uh, to help them. They have, they, you know, they have special needs. They've had some pretty traumatic backgrounds. And one thing that really got me in the outdoors is when I took my two oldest into nature, I immediately saw a change that I hadn't seen through any other thing we've done, not that counseling is not important and things like that, but there was something about children being in nature um, that resonated that other things didn't. What is it about getting kids out in the dirt, in the trees and being out on the trail or out on the water that resonates with kids? Yeah. So in my mind, nature is the best form of healing that is possible. Uh, one of the programs I was blessed to work with was in Wyoming. I got to teach. It was called Children's Grand Adventure. And they're a group of high schoolers that come from Houston Hospital and all are cancer survivors. And they come out to Grand Teton National Park for a week. And that's what I do. I take them hiking. I take them kayaking. We go and camp and just immerse ourselves in nature. And how we heal is through understanding the stories of nature, seeing how resilient it is and understanding we can find that within ourselves or seeing the diversity is what creates a healthy ecosystem. The, the more diversity we have of trees and plants and animals, that's an ecosystem that will thrive. So when we see those examples, 
we can then take those and use those for ourselves to be able to get past hard times. Like nature, for me in particular, I, I've gone into this field not only because I love it and I want to change behaviors, but being outside too makes me my happiest and my strongest self also. So tell us a little bit about what's going on at Southern Oregon University with the environmental ed program there. Uh, this summer, uh, I, I mean, I was, on the, I was on the trail probably every other day due to COVID. There wasn't a whole lot else to do. And I swear I would see, you know, 20 something students with environmental ed t-shirts out, you know, roaming around Green Springs Mountain there, Cascade Siskiyou National Monument. Um, you know, someone accidentally dropped a, a, a mug with the environmental education uh, sticker on the trail. I mean, there, the students from that program were all over Southern Oregon out on the trail. I think I saw two of them with like a whiteboard filming something one day. I'm like, gosh, they're everywhere. What's going on here? Tell us about that program and what you're doing there and what you did this summer. Yeah. So, um, our program, we spend the last year preparing to create our final project called Fall in the Field. And normally it happens in person. And we partner with uh, the BLM, uh, with the Cascade Siskiyou National Monument. And then we also partner with Willowit Ranch. And so through these partnerships, we develop residential programs for kids through the Outdoor School Initiative. And then we also plan day programs. And we normally get a variety of schools from the Valley that come out to learn a variety of lessons uh, and get to share it. Also, we also have family programs. They get to come out and share with us. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, with the pandemic, we went virtual. And so last summer, we began our filming through the fall and developed a bunch of lessons that are was more successful than we could have ever imagined. Our reach, we were able to have, we were able to hit from C to C. We even have international um, schools that are joining us. We had some schools from Panama that had recently signed up to come see our lessons. And like I mentioned, connecting to your area and understanding about it is the most important for you to really immerse yourself and understand these hikes that you're going to. So that's something I would love to see listeners is if you check out our, our lessons we have, um, it's at virtualfallinthefield.org. And there we have lessons at Green Springs, like Andy mentioned, a hiking trail at the Cascade Siskiyou National Monument, also Hyatt Lake at the monument. And then we also have lessons at Willowit Ranch, and then also at the Rogue River Preserve. Uh, we have lessons that cater from kindergarten all the way through high school. And they're interactive, fun ways to learn about a new place. So that way you can bond and connect with your kids and with your students. So what you guys are doing there is absolutely amazing. Letting kids and teenagers know now the importance of being good stewards of the environment. Uh, what's really happening with the environment. I want to talk a little bit about um, public lands specifically. Um, political. I don't like getting political, but sometimes you have to get political with you know talking about the environment. Currently, our government hasn't been exactly nice to public lands. I'll just say that um, compared to past administrations. Uh, why is it so important to preserve public lands, and what is the what is the biggest threat to public lands like the Cascade Siskiyou National Monument? 
and other national money that's going on now in this country. So specifically, the Cascade Siskiyou National Monument, it was um, was selected because it is the most biodiverse place. So what that means is it's at the convergence of all these different ecoregions, such as um, the Sierras, the Cascades, the Klamath Siskiyous, and the Great Basin. And all of those have an influence that create all this life. So we have the largest variety of conifers there. We have the highest diversity in the U.S. of butterflies there. So this place, because of this high diversity, needs to be protected. And a lot that was going on before it was designated is we are seeing a lot of removal of those resources or building up there. And by having it designated as a monument, it's a way for it to be protected so that way it can be enjoyed for all, that we can go up there with our families and we can go hike and we can see this amazing biodiversity that's living and present there. So for our listeners who don't know, what is exactly a national monument? We've heard a lot of debate, not debates, but just discussions online about um, you know, national monuments being scaled back. But a lot of people may not realize what a national monument is. A lot of people, when they think of monuments, think of a statue, which has also been in the, the, the conversation nationally lately uh, about certain statues coming down. But when we're talking about public lands and national monuments, what exactly are we talking about? Yeah, so there's um, different levels uh, that can be created. So it's very similar. A lot of people know our beloved national parks. Uh, in Oregon, too, we actually have a national scenic area, which is the Columbia River Gorge, which is another very high level of protection. So the National Monument, um, it doesn't need a whole administration to be created. It just needs one body. So one president can designate a national monument for a specific reason or a specific cause. So that's how the Cascade Siskiyou National Monument was formed, was for the celebration and the protection of its biodiversity. Um, so there's certain activities that then can't be done in that area that used to be done before to protect those species that live there. Um, but depending where you live, there's different a variety of different reasons that a monument might be protected it might be for wildlife species. It might be for specific rock structures or soils that are sensitive. Um, there's a whole variety of reasons that it can be formed, but specifically here, it's for the biodiversity in this region. So this summer, um, I'm planning on starting to work on a documentary on the Cascade Siskiyou National Monument. Um, I'm super excited about it. There's been a lot of debate here locally about, you know, you see the no monument signs, yes monument signs. Uh, my plan is, as I begin to work on this documentary, is to just hike the section of the Pacific Crest Trail um, through all the way through the Cascade Siskiyou National Monument, which the Pacific Crest Trail runs right through at the National Scenic Trail. As a hiker, though, what should I do or what should I be watching out for um, as I hike through it to not only leave no trace, but things that I wouldn't see in other parts of the Pacific Crest Trail, things that like that are unique to that national monument compared to, you know, if I'm, you know, hiking, hiking by Bernie Falls or up north near Cascade Locks, what's different about it? So that's the one thing is I would challenge you to look at the different 
plants that are there. So that's something I mentioned that's really special is that there's such a different vast amount of plants that can survive there because of its adversity. There's all these soils that are really hard to live in and convergence of all these different mountain ranges. So this adversity that these plants are facing create diversity there. And so as you're walking around, especially if you go in the spring into the summer, you'll see such a wide range of wildflowers. And through that co-evolution, you'll also see a huge diversity of butterflies. Uh, That's something that's really fun to be able to go out and see there. Um, But also to a variety of different animals that can live there and survive there and thrive there. Um, So I definitely like take time to even nature journal and connect with that area, see what you can find and even just try to count the different amount of species you see. It is absolutely amazing area. I went, I mean, I was there all summer, but there was one point I was uh, early summer, I was hiking uh, to Soda Mountain through there and the wildflowers and the clouds of butterflies, they're like clouds of butterflies. It was absolutely breathtaking. And um, those of you who are planning on, on hiking through the Pacific Crest Trail through Oregon, take that time. Take that time. So as far as leave no trace principles go, um, what can hikers do besides the obvious to make sure they are, you know, leaving no trace? We say leave only footprints, take only pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are some things that are threatening the monument and public lands that are being threatened by hikers? And what can hikers do to offset that? Yeah, a one big thing I see a lot that I think we can do better as hikers is staying on trail. Um, sometimes it gets muddy or sometimes we see something that looks really cool and we want to go that way. Trails were made so that way um, as we're hiking through, we're getting a lot of disturbance in just one spot, but we're not causing a broader range. So it's really important to use those pathways because they did a lot of environmental impact studies to figure out where they should put trails so they know that that's a good spot uh, for you to be. So that's one thing um, I think is really important as you're hiking is um, to make sure you're doing that. And secondly, also, if you're using the bathroom in wilderness, like making sure you know the rules. So it's different for every kind of public land. Some want you to dig a hole and bury some. You're not allowed to have any toilet paper brought out with you that you need to pack it out. So just making sure you know the rules um, of what that land management needs uh, before you go out. So that way you have a clear plan. So pivoting a little bit here, back to you and, and your story, as you've spent time learning, you know, about the Cascade City National Monument, about public lands, environmentalism, you know, immersing yourself in this. How has all that changed you and your outlook on not just the environment, but the world and people in general? Mm. Yeah, so I would say in general, especially this program at uh, Southern Oregon University, uh, the Masters of Science in Environmental Ed, a big thing it taught me was about accessibility. Actually, I always believed that I I didn't want to tell my special places in nature to others. I was like, this is my cool spot. I don't want to. Yes. Yes. Ruin it. Um, 
And yeah, so it would just like, I was like, I need, it's just for me, not for others. So, but I've recently learned through this program that, yeah, we need to share these places with one another. We need to make some of them more accessible. So we all can enjoy them because if we all can enjoy them, then we all want to protect this beautiful place. Which is why the education is so important because if we're educated on principles like leave no trace and environmentalism and why they're important, they can be accessed by more people and they can enjoy them. I, I know it's, it's a constant struggle. I know for me, there's spots. I'm like, I don't want anybody to know this and I won't tag it on Instagram. And sometimes I don't knowing you know, people are going to come in here just wanting their Instagram photo. But the more people who know about it, the more eyes that are on it, and the more we can take care of it and learn about it and, 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 and take what we can from it in a good way, not exploit it. So that's just absolutely amazing. And thank you for everything that you're doing um, to educate children uh, about that. It's, it's so important. So my question is for you now, how has the outdoors and nature impacted you personally? Mm. Yeah. So I would say from when I was younger up until now, it has always been my escape. And I love the fact that I can go into nature when I'm having a bad day and just be alone. And somehow everything is okay. Just sitting there in quiet and just watching how yeah, nature has all these horrible hardships. You'll see the fires passing through and yet new growth is happening. And it's such a good reminder to me always that, especially in this year with the pandemic, just how hard it's been on a lot of us and just taking a reminder to slow down and step back and to see what's already there and see that beauty that already does exist. And for me too, it's something that has helped me bond with a lot of people. If it's friends or if it's family, taking those times in nature together and doing those activities has what's really made me closest to the people I care the most about. And I don't know how I could be more thankful for having the outdoors and having hiking for those two reasons To I always know that no matter what happens, that nothing, nothing could help me get back more than hiking can and just getting outside. So getting out in the outdoors, um, I, we have a lot of new hikers and outdoors people listening to this podcast. What would you tell someone who's getting out in public lands for the first time? The pandemic's kind of put a damper on things and they're like, I want to get out in the outdoors. I want to go on a kayak. I want to get in the ocean. I want to get on a trail. What would you tell someone who wants to get out in the outdoors for the first time and make it a part of their life? to do to make sure they are leaving no trace and they are getting everything they can from it? Um, one app I actually really recommend is All Trails. Uh, that's something I hike a lot by myself, um, especially the fact I move around a lot until I can meet a new friend base and community. I think it's really important to make sure you're safe as the first thing. Um, so knowing where you're going and it's such a cool app because I like that as I'm hiking, there's like a little blue dot that like shows where I am. And if I get off track, I know how to get back to where I need to be and how to get back to my car. Um, because there is danger sometimes in hiking, depending on the level of rigor of where you're going. And so just 
taking time to read on there and they normally tell you if it's in the um in what public land that you're at so they'll you'll know rules you'll know if there's sections closed um i know there's a bunch of other really great apps out there too uh trail fork is another good one for mountain bikers um but yeah taking those time to really know where you're going even if it seems like an easy trail so that way you know And having a backup plan, another thing I always do, even if it's just a three mile, two mile, one mile hike, is telling someone where I'm going and my expected time back. I think that's something as hikers, we all need to do a better job at. So that way, if there's a bad situation, there's someone who can call to get you back to safety. Absolutely. It's easy as you get more experience in hiking to forget those things. But you know, I've had times in my own life where, you know, I got held up in a trail and I had loved ones worrying about me. It's like, where did he go? Where did he go? Where did he go? And I was fine, but, you know, they were worried. They had no idea where I was. Also, with the all trails, I, I, what I love about it, and I, I learned this early getting into uh, the hiking, if you have a smartwatch and you hook it up with your, your uh, phone, it gives you a notification if you get off trail. It's like, hey, you, it looks like you're off trail. Are you okay? which I love because there's been times where I was supposed to take a right fork and I took a left fork instead. And then a hundred yards later, my smartwatch says, Oh, it looks like you're off trail. Are you okay? So so important to know where you're going. Um, closing out here, Sammy, what are your plans? Uh, you've graduated uh, from the environmental ed program at Southern Oregon university. What does the future look like for you? So I'm actually excited five minutes before I got on this podcast. uh, I was just selected as the new outdoor school director for Estes Park, Colorado's YMCA of the Rockies. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. So yeah, I just, and I just graduated Monday. So this is a big week. So um, yeah, I'm going to take the rest of the month to have a little bit of a break and pack up and um, starting next month, I'm going to start that new job and, uh, try to spread a lot of these things I've learned through this program to that new area and those new students. That is amazing. And Colorado, of course, is a beautiful area, beautiful public lands. So many friends of this show, guests on the show are from that area. So congratulations to you. And thank you for coming on. And I hope to uh, have you on again other times, especially as I'm getting ready to do this documentary on the Cascade Siskiyou National Monument. I haven't met anyone who knows more about it than you do. So Thanks so much for telling us about it and the importance of public lands and leaving no trace. Where can people reach you online if they want to follow you or or find out more about the uh, the outdoor initiative or or what you did at Southern Oregon University this year? Yeah, so um, there's two places. So um, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, my Instagram is Sammy Ski Twenty One. Uh, Sammy spelled S A M I. Um, also, if you want to learn more about our program, um, S-O-U-Seek, S-E-E-C, is our Instagram to learn about our program. Also, um, just our website in general is um, if you go to virtualfallinthefield.org or just fallinthefield.org, there's information on the local programs we have and our virtual um programs for you to get involved with as students or as parents, um, or if you want to join our master's program and um, help us educate those for the future. Sammy, thank you so much for coming on the Hiker Podcast and best of luck to you as you move on to Colorado. Awesome. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much to Sammy for coming on the show and sharing your passion about public lands and environmental education. It's so important that we as hikers, as we get into the hiking season, spring is upon us here. I know a lot of us don't like the the four season hiking. I've been trying to get into four season hiking. It's difficult. Snowshoeing is not my jam so much, but you know what? There's nothing else to do. And I have just love, I, I would rather go snowshoeing than sitting inside watching TV any day. So you know, I am I, very anxiously awaiting for the weather to clear up in spring to spring to arrive here in Southern Oregon. I know the rest of the country right now is digging out of snow. And we're thinking about those people who have lost power and things of that nature uh, across the country. We're in Southern Oregon. It was sunny today. It was sunny in like 50, which I thought was weird. <laughs> so many of my friends and other parts of the country who don't normally see that snow are getting it. Anyways, I'm rambling on. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to our sponsors, Canuck Outdoors. If you'd like a pair or a single trekking pole, you can get it for 10% off by putting in the coupon code HikerPodcast or just go to the link in the description of this episode. Also, see a sense of coffee. Thank you so much. If you want to help out the show, go to the affiliate link in the description and get yourself some CS Instinct coffee. It helps us out. Also, go to hikerpodcast.com for all the latest episodes, all the different ways to listen. You can follow me on all the various social media networks. By that, I mean just Instagram at Andy Films and Hikes. And yeah, make sure you leave a podcast review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, leave a note there. Let me know what you like. Also, reach out. Let me know what you want to see on the show ideas for guests i want to hear it all as we're getting more and more into, uh, down the line of this show as we are uh as the show's growing and the influence is growing i want to hear what you want so hit me up andy at hikerpodcast.com um i'm looking to start i've been saying this for a while i'm looking to start a patreon and i am working on and getting ready to do some youtube content as well I'm really hesitant to start a Patreon, but I would love to pour more time into the show and into some YouTube videos. With that, though, I need to work a little less. Luckily, I've been able to work the last two months now. It's been nice with the pandemic and everything. Things are ramping back up, but I'd like to pour more time and effort into the show and have more resources to do that. So I don't have to necessarily work as much as I normally would. And I can, I can bring you guys some more great interviews and conversations. Um, it's just really hard. Like that, I talked earlier about having, wanting to have a, um, a hike around table and I had one scheduled, but I had to cancel it because I had a work thing going on last minute and I had to cancel that. And so with, with the ability to be able to be a little more sustainable with the show, I can make it more of a priority. I still don't know if I'm going to do that. Let me know. Email me. Hit me up on, on Instagram. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think would, a proper reward system would be. If you would even join a patron. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just babbling on here. But with that, guys, I want to hear from you either way. Um, so hit me up on Instagram or email Andy at hikerpodcast.com. With that, thank you so much, Sammy, for coming on the show. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Hiker Podcast. <laughs>